Hey, Willow. Hey, Dean. Welcome to uh, another exciting episode of Bookstabber. This Bookstabber is going to grab you by the horns, ride you all night, and leave you deposited in a meat processing plant. Let me tell you, folks. Your hot, scorching body. You cannot escape the wrath of this Bookstabber. I'm Willow Payne. I'm the artist and co-writer of Library Comic. I'm Gene Ambaum. I'm very tired. Uh, today we're discussing The Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yeros, which I have to say uh, I have seen everywhere. It is a Rebecca Yeros uh, normally writes romance. Oh, we're going to totally spoil this book, too, we should say in, in talking about it. We're going to spoil this book. I'm going to I'm going to tear this book into a thousand pieces and use it as confetti. I'm going to defend it to the death. I will be. <laughs> I guess I can't be that surprised knowing you. You're just going to spite me. I am. We should preface this by saying that we are also both a little discombobulated. I read this book probably a month ago in very quickly. Uh, I've been moving from one house to another, and so I am living out of boxes a little bit. Gene, on the other hand, has just spent the last month traveling abroad, and boy, are his arms tired. And I also had COVID, so yeah, very exciting. Um, let's see. So this book, <laughs> I have to. I want to preface this by saying this is the hot book at the at the bookstore chain near me, the in, local independent bookstore chain. Everybody was pushing it. There were there was great. You've seen it online too, right? There's great shelf talkers about the book around. Everybody was talking about how good it was. The second book is coming out. It it, it will. The second book will be out by the time we publish uh, this book stabber. It's called The Iron Flame. I'm not as tapped into book talk and Goodreads and all of the. I'm not. I'm not in the bookosphere in the same way that you are. But I mm-hmm. will say that after because you know this is one of these books that I felt compelled to do some research about, and so it apparently was like the number one book on Goodreads, you know, for a while. It, this book is extremely popular, so we are probably not. But if if you are in the bookosphere, whatever you call it. You probably already know about this book. If you're like me and you live under a rock <laughs> and you spend all of your attention looking at Magic the Gathering cards and uh, from soft games, then then this will be news to you. Yeah. I was very excited to read this after talking to my friend and fabulous librarian, Sarah, because we, we just talked, we just read a YA romance together and we were talking about, well, I was talking about how I don't really connect to... Uh, adult romance novels very much and it's hard for me to find one that i'll enjoy that's not written by somebody i know okay i thought that i thought that maybe this would be a good book for me to start with because we're not start with but but to try because it it crosses over with fantasy and i thought you know i, I like fantasy enough that that there'll be enough fantasy elements to pull me along with with the romance so you're you're given this on the premise that this is adult romance well well it, i mean i i think so it, it's it's not ya romance it's it's very strange. I mean, but it, but it kind of, but it kind of is. But it kind of is. It's very YA though. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, extremely YA. Well, that's something to talk about. Is this a is this a YA All novel right. in disguise? Let, um, let's let's jump into it. Let's give the pitch. The you pitch. Want to give the pitch. Boy, uh, I will try to give the pitch. <laughs> okay. So there's this place called. Did you did you listen to this book? Yeah, I listened to this as an audio book. Yeah. What, what's the name of the 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 land? Navarre. Uh, yeah, they just pronounce it Navarre. Navarre. Okay, it's so a fantasy name. So Navarre is this kingdom, this empire, um, and Navarre is at war with a neighboring uh, empire. What makes Navarre special is Navarre is is it, it's a magical land, it's a fantasy land, and Navarre has dragons, and the neighboring land uh, has uh, griffins. Griffins. They have griffins. Oh, it's it's called 
Poromiel, and they have Griffin Riders. So the dra- so so Navarre has Dragon Riders. The Sutherland has Griffin Riders, and the dragons are are magic, and they give their magic to the riders and whatever. And so there, there's a 400 year long war going on, and there's this military training center uh, called the Basquiath War College, and it's it is conscription day. It's the day when the 20 year olds who are going to join the military report report for duty to whichever part they're going to join. There's a part for healers, a part for scribes, a part for infantry, and a part for the dragon riders, right? And uh, our our character here is Violet. Violet's mother is basically the main general in the army. Violet Sorengale is her name, uh, is, is the character's name, and her mom is General Sorengale. And her sister, Mira, is a dragon rider. Her brother, uh, I can't remember what his name was, he died. He was a dragon rider too. But Violet's dad was a scribe, and she really thought she was going to become a scribe. She likes books. She's basically a librarian, but because it's a fantasy land, she has silvery hair. And uh, Violet's, Violet has like some kind of so something is up with her with her joints. She's small. She's weak. She's very fast. She's very good with a knife, but she's small. She's kind of weak. And there's some kind of problem with her joints where they're always being dislocated. Um, and so that makes her not likely to survive. Uh, the the dragon rider part of this college where like only a quarter of the students graduate anyway like they kill each other the dragons kill you if you're not worthy uh she's kind of weak uh but her mom like six months before she's supposed to become a scribe says nope you're going to be a dragon rider that's it this is what's what's on the table and to to get into the college uh you actually have to climb climb up this tower and walk across this uh very small uh, bridge, um, like people fall off the bridge and die. People fall off the tower and die. Like it, it all just starts right then. Um, and as soon as she gets in, we find out that uh, Violet's mom put down a rebellion a few years ago, and the children of the rebellion have some have they've been marked, and they all have to go become dragon riders. And the head of the the head of the the dragon rider part is uh, one of these guys. Luckily, he's super hot, but but Violet's sister basically tells her like, if you go in there, if he finds out who you are. You're, you're gonna, he's going to kill you. And, of course, right away he finds out who she is. Her only hope is a, a guy from back home who's in his second year there who survived to his second year and is bonded with a dragon. His name's uh, Dane. Uh, he's kind of got a thing for Violet. Violet maybe has a thing for him, but Violet really has a thing for the guy who's out to kill her, this uh, son of the betrayer. Who, his mother, her mother executed his father and everybody else's parents who were in on, in on the, the rebellion. So Violet is under threat. Violet is super weak. Violet is wicked smart and super good with a knife. Will she survive? Smart. Will she survive? I'm here to tell you, since she's the point of view character and the book is long, she will. Uh, <laughs> this book is so goddamn long. It's so long. Uh, so so that that's my pitch. There's a lot of hot thoughts. A lot of a lot more wanton to bone than there is actual boning here. Uh, although there's there's boning going on all over the place in the college, apparently. Uh you know, there, it does not take long before boning is a major deal. Right, right. I mean, there, there, there's, 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 but, but it's at the heart of it all is this, this young woman who wished she was a librarian. <laughs> Let's face facts. <laughs> we even get to the library yeah. once in a while, and so this is kind of, I gotta say, of these things, this is, this is the book for me. Except other than the hotness of uh, Xander, Xander. Uh, what's his name? Ryerson. Ry- Ryerson. No, it's a uh, Z- Zayden Ryerson. Zayden Ryerson. Thank you. Oh, the the the, the names in this. Well, uh, if only he wasn't the son of the leader of the rebellion. Oh, his biceps. <laughs> his 
His jaw that could cut glass. His smoldering his look jaw, I think pierces his, right through me. I think his ass mm. can cut glass. I mean, come on. He's, he's so hot. He just, <laughs> you know. And he's got, the, he's got the greatest dragon, at least until somebody oh, he, else gets a great he dragon. He towers over me. Oh. Well, and he, he bears worst. her to the ground in a fight. and But but he does, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I reread parts of this uh, in the last couple of days. And, well, so, so so I guess we're talking about the book now. Do you, have, do you have more of a pitch than that? What is your pitch? No, no, your pitch is fine. Um, I certainly have a lot to say on this one. Like, she thinks Zayden is a threat. And Zayden obviously isn't a threat when you reread this. No. But, but like, he um, he seems to be the only person who is try- not trying to baby her. And is trying to, like, everybody else is trying to talk her into leaving and fleeing to the scribe quarter. And she's like, I can't go to the scribe quarter. My mom would have me brought back. And I also, like, also she kind of wants to be there after a while. She realizes she's, like, like her brains really are better than everybody else's, than the way they're approaching it. I know, I know you want to defend this book, but... Um, well, I'm going to, because you're going you're gonna to shit on it so hard that I'm going to defend it. This book is not consistent, just generally speaking. It, it is not consistent about what Violet wants. It is not consistent about characters' attitudes or her attitudes towards other characters. Uh, every scene is very self-serving in that characters will just sort of do backflips, I think, to to meet the needs of the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the beginning of the book, how Violet feels about her fellow students at the War College, is it, it just changes from scene to scene. Uh, obviously, her feelings toward Zayden Ryerson, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot. It's very ridiculous. Um, I'll, I'll say this. So this is, I'm going to give you the, the meat up front, folks. <laughs> uh, on this podcast, I read a book called The Cabin at the End of the World, uh, by Paul Tremblay, which I didn't. Which read. I read that book. I read that book, and thinking about it, I decided that that was the worst book I've ever read. <laughs> because it because it's terrible. It's a terrible book. Uh, I will, but the one thing that book has going for it is that it's only about two hundred pages long. It's a pretty short book, all things considered. This book is what over six hundred pages. Like it's quite long. Yeah. So this book is the new worst book I've ever read. Oh no, really? It's oh, it's I hate it. Oh, you need to get out, you need to get so out more. Much. You need to get out more. No, this book sucks. Everything about this book sucks. <laughs> it is well, like it is it is bad fantasy, it is bad romance, it's bad every like I have there's nothing to redeem this book. If you're here like okay, I picked this I Jean told me to read this book, so I'm reading it for the podcast like we do. This is the year of sword and sorcery, it is. Uh, by the way, folks. We're well into the year of sword and sorcery. I don't know if I'm going to survive. <laughs> but um th- this is a book about dragons. Uh, look, when I was in middle school, I had to read the the Dragon Riders of Pern. I read a little bit for a school and I tried reading some more of it to impress a girl. Uh none of that, you know, I I didn't like the Dragon Riders of Pern. Hmm. Uh, however, this book is everything about the Dragon Riders of Pern except just just infinitely worse. It, like I don't like Dragon Riders of Pern, but I would say that it was competently written. You know, the the author had writing chops. This one is so much catered to like people on TikTok who don't read. I feel like this this book is for the AO3's readers of the world. This is this is Dragon Riders of Pern fan fiction. What, what, what is AO3? And what is AO3? What is that? It's a archive of our own. It's a fan fiction. Oh, oh archive of our own. Okay, yes. Fan yes, fiction. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. When you say when you say that, that's the name of it. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to I'm going to here's here's my here's my base level defense of this book. It it glides along. It's a it's a super easy read. Um, I don't know how it works as a as an audiobook, which is how you listen to it. L- like reading it, the I I understand what you're saying. There's like a oh my god, is he going to kill me? Oh my god, he's so hot, like kind of thing going on. It it feels inconsistent. Um, well, that's and that's that's not even like th- that's part of it. It's it's extremely obvious. Okay, I'll say this from the first scene that we meet Zayden Ryerson. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's extremely obvious like, because the first thing she notices is how cut from stony is that he is the most gorgeous man yep, that she's yep. ever seen. It's very obvious that it was very obvious to me immediately that one, they're going to fuck and two, that this is going <laughs> to be an enemies to lovers situation. Like I, I knew it in my heart. Sure. Sure. I, I knew, I knew that. So I'm not surprised when they fuck. That's not but, surprising to me. But, but, but that's, that, that's the romance thing. Like that's the, I don't want to say the formula of romance, but that's the structure of it. Right. And, and, and so, well, so... It, it, well it's us, it's a structure. Sure. Like, I think if you read, so one of my favorite romances, let's go back a couple hundred years and read Pride and Prejudice. When I, when I first picked up Pride and Prejudice, uh, which weirdly I did not pick up for school, uh, it wasn't obvious to me that it was a romance. Mm-hmm. But also, like, sure, obviously Mr. Darcy is a very important character in the book, but I don't think that uh, Elizabeth describes him as being, like, the most gorgeous man on earth. And also, they have a very like good enemies to lovers kind of relationship the and and, which i'll also point out you don't have to do enemies to lovers it's just extremely popular right now i actually think enemies to lovers is one of the most overrated tropes that we have in in going on fiction right now i don't i i i I think we can have more interesting conflicts in our books uh but to be fair Pride and Prejudice, great book, is technically an enemies to lovers story. Anyway, this is a long way of saying that the the book is operating on a formula. It's not a, it's not a formula that I particularly like, and I don't think it I don't think it does very well with that formula. Well, I, I mean, I'm gonna say ooh, this is this is a little troubling. <laughs> like 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 it, it it moves right along. It kind of loops around the is he going to kill me? He's so hot. Is he going to kill me? He's so hot. I kind of like this guy, Dane, who's her friend from back home. He's kind of nice to me. Oh, I wish we'd kiss. Oh, I can't. He's a second year. I can't really mess with him. My sister told me not to. Oh, but I kind of want to. Um, What's going to happen? What's going to happen with any of these situations? There's this guy, Jack. He's a psycho. He wants to kill me. Uh, he said he that, wants to that, kill me. I will say that, uh, so there's a lot of things I don't like about this book, but I, I'd like to go through them in order. The very, so the very first problem so well, but, it's but, but, obvious, but, but I just want—I just want to say it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's, it's an easy, very pleasant read. Like, like you, you can mm-hmm. you can just kind of you can just kind of flow through the through the book, and once you accept uh, the voice, which I which I think works. I mean, despite the the kind of back and forth with the emotions thing, once you accept the voice, I think it's okay. I, I think I think where the book failed me, if it did fail me anywhere, is that there's supposed to be a grittiness and a sense of danger here that it really lacked for me. Right. Mm-hmm. L- like you, you could almost tell who's going to who's going to die in each scene. And I think the book tries to create it tries to create a sense of of um, of danger for Violet by having other people die who don't really matter very much. Right. So, sometimes they matter. But 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 they. Well, that's that's and that's part of the inconsistency that bothers me is that there's a character that dies very early in the book that mm-hmm. this really bothers Violet. And then there's like 
a, a little ways later, th- there's another death that bothers her. Then there's like a death that's basically comic relief that she that and it's a person that, like as far as we can tell, is her friend that she up to this point was at least neutral towards. I can't remember who what. dies, and then and then everyone is like, "Well, that happened," and then and then they never talk about him again. Well, because they're like they're like you have it, to accept death, and she's supposed to be accepting death because because only a quarter of the people survive, right? I mean, w- w- the the insane. Well, thing and they is- also make a big. Yeah, they make a big point of, like, the, the death-accepting problem. Like, okay, so the setting of this. Let's talk about the setting for a second. Yeah. The the magical kingdom of the Dragon Riders is very obviously, like, just fascist, right? It It's very obvious that th- their king is Seems not a good be. guy. Their 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 uh, regime is not a good regime. And that they're, they're the bad guys of their own story for the most part. Like, they, this is not a place where you'd want to live. These people don't have a lot of freedoms. And they, like, it's illegal to keep the possessions after death, like if somebody dies, right? Right, right, they right. You have to right. go burn it. Right. They have all of these strange traditions, and a lot of them are very controlling. They, one of the things that really bothers me is that when you, when you go, when you sign up for the military and you go to Dragon Rider College, murder becomes legal. Right. Now, this isn't... <laughs> there's nowhere in the book where they say like remember kids murder is legal now but a lot of murder straight up murder happens and there's no penalty for it no no like, no no no. somebody after she crosses the stone bridge like like that guy jack can't kill her there because she's crossed the bridge and she says you can't you can't kill me when we're in formation and we're technically in formation now and and uh the person who's checking off their names when they make it across because people are falling off the bridge. Mm-hmm. The person says basically, oh, you have to kill her like either in the ring when you're doing a challenge or on your own time. You can't kill her now. Right. To Jack. Right. It is. It's like right. very murder flippant. is legal in this. And I think that this is just one of the dumbest things I've ever heard because like even in Nazi Germany, if right. you're a, if you're in the like it, unless you are an SS officer like you can't just kill whoever you want even then I think you have to kind of like make it look good right well, well and it's it's incredibly but, it's incredibly troubling it, it's uh it's like it's like super bad strategy if you're at war for four hundred years to take all <laughs> all the the best twenty year olds want to ride dragons right because they feel involved right. it, it, like like and then you kill seventy five percent of them instead of sending them to the infantry like let people pass out of the dragon rider academy you know like, right like, like like but no the dragons well, are killing them they're killing each other they're they're culling the weak it's like i mean it's supposed to be self-selecting extremely yeah it's extremely hard to take this setting seriously when it just feels like it comes from a place of like playing with barbie dolls in terms of like oh that kid died oh that kid died and nobody nobody cares like the thing we're supposed to we're supposed to look at our main character and notice that she cares and we realize like oh she's a good person in spite of living in this terrible society I wouldn't, but the society is so outlandishly, cartoonishly evil in that regard. Except for, except for, except for Violet's dad, who was a scribe. He's a librarian. Mm -hmm. He loved books. He told her stories, right? And somehow he loved her mom, who's this warrior crazed lady who has like no, no human emotions, but. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why these two got together. It doesn't make sense why she has such contempt for him and presumably vice versa. Right. And it doesn't make sense why, like, it, it, I could believe that she's a terrible mother, but I also don't believe that she's a terrible mother and she wants to send her children into, like, pure death, right? It doesn't really make sense to me that she wants Violet to become a dragon rider for basically, like, she doesn't really give a good reason, right? 
Well, I think that we're supposed to believe that she sees Violet's potential because Violet is so much smarter than everybody else, that she'll survive somehow, even though these other people in the Dragon Rider Academy have been training their entire lives to go there, and still 25% of them are, like, die. Or, or not, sorry, excuse me, excuse me, 75, 75% of them die. But he died, he was a Dragon Rider, and, and her sister, her older sister Mira, is a Dragon Rider, a decorated Dragon Rider, right? Um, well, that's what so, I'm saying, though, is that the General Sorengale already lost one child to the the profession of dragon writing, it would make sense for her to not want to send her youngest daughter, who is, as, as everyone is very fond of pointing out, physically disabled, which I'll talk about that in a minute, the sort of disability representation going on here. It would make sense for her to not want to send her into murder is legal college and maybe right, send her into right, the right. scribes quarter which she's been preparing for as she points out many times a book her entire life and is good at but but this is this is, so so it took me i mean like it, so i i always look at uh romance novels as kind of wish fulfillment you know what's going to happen people are going to get together there's going to be a happy ending right i mean that that's a romance novel and and it's it's yes. it's generally true of fantasy too right but but we mm-hmm. we tend yeah. to we tend to balk at saying that like 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 fantasy is kind of wish fulfillment too, but somehow, to romance readers the the structure of that doesn't bother them, and to fantasy readers the structure of of the wish fulfillmentness of the fantasy doesn't bother them. So I was like, okay, I'm looking at the wish fulfillment aspect like structured a different way, right? And it was it was weird because it was fantasy, and so it was almost like. Uh, it felt like a D&D campaign sometimes where you have to give people stuff to keep yeah. them playing, right? Like she gets the dragon scale armor right at the beginning that's going to protect her. And that, mm-hmm. then then as the challenges are going to come up, like she finds this book that her sister left for her. That's, it's her dead brother's uh, notebook, which was supposed to be burned, but it has all these notes about the college. And the, the main thing it has is that it tells you how to tell, like the challenges are decided by the instructors or by the upperclassmen. I can't remember. And it tells her how to figure out who's going to challenge her. And then she just starts poisoning them because she can't win in a fight, right? So, so what, this what, book begins with like this book begins with a trigger warning. And one of the things that was in it is poisoning. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Oh. And I, I'll admit, never in a million years would I have guessed that our protagonist was poisoning her rivals. at the, And that, like, I say that and that makes me want to like this book. But it is so dumb. It was kind of great. The place, the place where I just was like, okay, you're either in or out. Was when, uh, like, there's there's a point. What I can't remember what it's called. Hold on a second. I gotta I gotta look at my notes here. Um, what is it? What what's the day called? Oh, so so there's there, there's two things. There's there's the there's the gauntlet where it's like this kind of crazy vertical obstacle course, right? That she has to run up, and she's way too weak to do it. Like, and so she she kind of uses this this trick in the rules again. That's the second time the rules, like knowing the rules, has saved her. She quotes the rules to somebody and she she gets through that. And then there's the threshing, which is the day they all go into the valley and hope to bond with a dragon, right? And the day of the threshing, she knows that the that Jack and his friends, Jack's the psycho killer guy, is gonna come for her and and try to kill her. Um, oh my god. Well, it, well, it, it, there is no reason that this character Jack is one of the worst written characters of anything ever, because he's just an insane murder boy right. who 
espouses the concepts of social Darwinism, and, which in this society, I guess, is good, question mark, uh, because nobody challenges on him on it. He is her opposite because she's even told not to have friends in this place, but she builds kind of a community for herself and she gets close to people emotionally. And, you know, I mean, she's not supposed to do that. She doesn't get close to anybody who really dies. But, you know, people are trying to kill her. There's a couple of attempts on her life. Not not Zayden, you know, and Dane's kind of looking out for her. Dane's kind of babying her, but Dane, but, but Zayden isn't babying her. But then, then it gets to this point and... It's like Jack is so murderous, he's going to go murder this little golden dragon that's out there Some for some reason. Like, nobody's ever seen one of these dragons. It's like, is it a special right. thing? It doesn't have claws. It's got paws. It's like... it's like This is part of what is so nonsensical about it is because, okay, so they're, they're this super fascist society, and they also really, really like dragons. And it's not hard to figure out why you would like dragons, because dragons are super old... They're crazy strong, you know, they breathe fire and acid or whatever. I'll be honest, the the lore building on the dragons, of which there is a fair bit, is not very detailed. But, like, we know that there's mace tails and dagger tails and sword tails. And feather tails. We know that there's different color. Right, we know there's different colors of dragons. We know that they... We know that when you bond with a dragon, you then develop a fucking superpower like the X-Men and yours. Right. And it's unique, but it's not so unique that there aren't repeats in it within you know, the dragon rider population. Right. So everyone hopes that they become, everyone hopes that they either become a healer or that they, you know, can see invisible creatures or any number of very good Dungeons and Dragons spells that you can cast. Right, right, be- right, right. Because, because you are channeling draconic energy. So, but here's the thing. So they get to the secret glade where the dragons bond with riders and it's just full of dragons and everyone is like, oh no, are the dragons going to like me? And Jack, this, I don't remember what his last name is, but Jack Barlow, Jack, Jack Barlow. And it's not clear how this guy becomes friends because he's just developing a cult of murder. Yep. And I don't say that satirically, like it's basically literal. He just, he just has a cult of personality that's like, let's just kill everyone we don't like, which is, which in this society is not frowned upon. He breaks people's Uh, necks. He's like, yep. Yeah, he's he's like I'm gonna kill that Sorengale because she's so small and weak and has no other like because and I can just get away with it. And he also feels this way about the dragons, and it's not obvious why. Like because in the scenes where they're in the Dragon Vale, the dragons do the dragons kill one of Violet's friends. They breathe fire on him and he dies, and no one cares about that. But they don't try to stop. Jack Barlow, who is go just leaping up and down, screaming, "Gonna kill that dragon! Gonna go kill it! No one can stop me!" Yeah, the, the, and the dragons—it and... doesn't—it doesn't feel like the dragons would allow that. I'm just gonna say, that I don't think they would. But but <laughs> but who stops Jack and his buddies from killing this dragon? It's Violet. Who well, of course, who, of course, who, it's Violet. Who steps yes. to the front? And 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 then uh, so she 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 saves this dragon. Well, I want to point out that not only does she stand in the way to prevent this, but there's about there's just pages and pages of dialogue where it it's not just you know Viol- I Violet stepped in the way to prevent this from happening, but they they talk about it for what feels like twenty minutes. Yeah. Where where he's like, you can't stand in my way, Sorengale, because I can still cut you down, because I'm still gonna <laughs> murder you. But then I'm gonna murder you, and I'm gonna kill that dragon. And the gold dragon that is standing there is just like, burp, 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 like doesn't care, isn't paying attention or whatever. It's just purring. It's just purring and purring re- and rubbing. Reacted this. Well, well, and then and then like like, she, but she gets to a knife fight. She's really 
really super good with her knives. She, she throws a knife, takes out Jack, who runs away, right? Because he needs to live another day to be the psycho killer. And Zayden arrives, and he just, he can't intervene, but he narrates the whole thing with his oh blue blue dragon, which is weird. But he seems to believe in Violet, which I kind of but, like. But why But why can't he intervene? Because it's the rules. Like, actually. It's the rules. What are the rules well, of murder school? <laughs> well, but there, there are always rules, like whatever the, whatever the Pentagon of the Dragon School says. I, I can't remember what, the, what it's called. Uh, <laughs> but if it's illegal, if it's legal to go into the secret dragon forest and kill any dragon that you can physically take down, why? And also, the dragons are allowed to kill students if they just feel like it because you can't. This is the other thing. So they live in they live in fantasy Nazi Germany, but also the humans know that the dragons are so powerful that they can't. They can't be anti-dragon. They can't kill a dragon. But Jack is so somehow. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Right. Well, but but like the actual intelligent people in the setting know that you, that you shouldn't fuck with dragons. Right. Uh, at least maybe I'm okay. I will pain in making that assumption. It, it's not clear based on the actual text of the book. It's just so that we're all we're all on the same. No, page it's it, it, it's true because without without the dragons, the humans would be would be just toast. I don't know why the dragons are on the human side. It's very strange. Maybe we'll find out. It's, the next that is actually yeah. It it if I were the dragon society, obviously the dragon society has some secrets as we discover once once the dragons and uh, start talking to Violet. Mm-hmm. Boy, do they never shut up. <laughs> but also. Uh, I will say one of the biggest one of the biggest things I dislike about this book is just the the narration voice. The Violet's inner monologue sucks. It we're told oh. this whole book how smart she is. I hate her. If if she was my friend in real life, I well she wouldn't be. That's that. I guess that's what I'm getting at. I would never be friend. I think she's. I think she's. I think she's. I think she's, she I think she's lovely, but she's a little obsessed. Uh, you know, she's an obsessed. Uh, obsessed with she's hot, neurotic. Obsessed she's with hotness, twenty-year-old, uh, you know, future librarian. I mean, like it's it's it, you know. Well, she's so she's so sexually obsessed by the second half of this book that, like, she basically doesn't pay attention in any of her classes. All she thinks about is boning Zayden. Like once once they actually do bone, the book is about nothing other than that. They never shut up about the sex. Well, the, 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 sexual, the sexual obsession is so weird because she's not like, she's not this virginal kind of wilting flower. She's like, yeah, I want to do this. This is it, you know? I've done it before, but this is going to be amazing. Yeah. It's going to be scorching hot. Well, and- that, that is a thing that is also weird is that like, I, I appreciate that this setting is not like puritanical, but it also is very strange to me that like, the, it, it's not clear what, this society is actually about because they're like okay uh you can just murder anyone you want as long as you think like as long as you fill out the paperwork and not even that you can murder anyone we want the goal is to ride a super powerful dragon and crush our neighboring countries and never make a peace treaty with them and also uh contraception is available and we're all very sexually liberated for the most part but you gotta, I don't know. You still gotta get your homework done, right? I, re- I remember there was. I, don't there, know. I remember there were a few gay girls in this book, maybe, but there weren't. I don't remember any gay boys. There's, well, there are two gay girls. So one of them, okay. So at the beginning of the book, there's, okay. So there's this sort of transactional MacGuffin morality to, and so at the very beginning of the book, to get across the death bridge that no building would ever have, the, the, the death bridge is dumb. <laughs> I hate the death bridge. The death bridge is a bad idea that is only designed to be adapted into a film. 
five years down the line and we're all going to remember that scene and go, whoa, wasn't that cool? But I he think, would never build the death bridge. It's I, a bad bridge. I think it was a good scene. Violet saves, Violet saves a girl from falling off the death bridge because before they get on, she looks at her shoes and goes, those shoes will never grip to the rain slick death bridge. Here, take one of my shoes and so we'll each have one grippy boot to walk across <laughs> the rainy slick death bridge that is... Uh, my memory serves, it's like eight inches wide or something. It's like an insane... Right, right. It's an insane surface that no one would ever... You would never build that. It's I'm like a, it's, it's like a balance beam. If you if you were actually interested in transporting these students to war college and it, it's on an island, which it's fine that it's on an island, you either, one, make a boat, or two, fly them across on your giant dragons that you have a bunch of. That I, I, I Enough people at the school have dragons that you could ferry them back and forth on dragons and every or the, you could put them all in a large basket and a dragon could pick it up and carry it. It would be fine. I don't think it's on an island. It's a, it's a, it's a tower, right? It's like a quarter of the, quarter of the building or something? Well, but where do they keep falling to their deaths to off of this death bridge? Oh no, no, it's super high. They have to climb up to the. They have to climb up to this thing, and then they have to walk across it. So they have to climb, and then they have to go across this super narrow thing, one at a time. Well, it's a any regard. I don't know if it's an island or if it's a tower. It's it, it it's doesn't very high. matter. It's very high. It's dumb. It's a dumb place <laughs> that you shouldn't go. So okay, so she saves this girl whose name I've forgotten because I read this book like a month ago. It's, I read uh, this book over four days because if I took any slower, I would have, I would have eaten cyanide because I, <laughs> I, had, I had to. I, this this book is like consuming poison. You have to eat it as quickly as possible no, and then regurgitate no, it. No, 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 no. This this book this book is bad. I'm not exaggerating. I her, hate name's, her name's her name's her so, name's her name's Rhiannon. Right. So okay. She befriends Rhiannon, and Rhiannon is is worshipful of Violet from this moment forward. It's very Ron and Ron Weasley and Harry Potter. Like, all right, we're immediately friends on our way to the school, uh, and we both oppose Murder Jack, and then we have questionable feelings about Zayden Ryderson. This is like these are the first like three character interactions we have. So from the rest of the book. Violet's best friend is Rhiannon, and they have lunch together, but we never actually see them like. Unlike Harry Potter, where we see people like in the common room hanging out, we never really have downtime with these characters. Actually, it's it, like you said, it's a brisk pace. Um, so, though it doesn't feel that way. So anyway, but yeah, Rhiannon. Why are we talking about? Oh, she's a lesbian. So it is. It, at some point in the book, she has a girlfriend, and I don't remember the girlfriend's name. But they're girlfriends together, and we don't spend almost any time on that, other than noting that. They are girlfriends. There is one character in the book who uses they, them pronouns, I believe. So that is your queer representation. Violet is extremely straight and ha- is hungry for that dick. She's hung- <laughs> Violet is so cockthirsty for Zayden Ryerson Ooh. that I don't like this book. And that's not because I don't like straight people. It's because this book starts off as being a bad version of Dragon Riders of Pern, and then it becomes an even worse version of Dragon Riders of Pern, because even though Dragon Riders of Pern is also highly sexual, it's better written than this. Oh, I need to read and Dragon this, Riders of Pern again. The second, the second half of this book is just pornography. It's And I would say particularly bad pornography. It's it's poorly but, written smut. But, but, but it's, the sex it, scenes aren't good. It, it, it's mostly it's mostly thinking about sex. It's way more thinking about sex than than doing it, right? I mean like it, Exactly. It, I agree. Strange. Um yeah. So so so, so we got to go back to that field where Jack runs away, the other guy is is 
toasted. So, so the black dragon lands. Violet's about to be killed, about to be beheaded. The black dragon lands, protects the golden dragon, and protects Violet, basically, and then bonds with Violet. And the black dragon is this big, the biggest, most badass dragon in the whole right. the whole universe. Everybody is hoping this black dragon is going to bond with them. And it comes down to This and it is says, a uh, a senior this is a senior black dragon that has already bonded with a writer who perished. And so this is like he's a mace tail which is like the best kind of dragon you can get basically. Super badass. Everyone it, no one ex, no one actually expected to bond with the dragon, but I will say that so knowing that this character is going to bond with the dragon and I have because I have read some dragon writers of Pern, like I'm aware of the trope of you know, the boy who was expecting to get the worst dragon secretly, he actually gets the best dragon that has ever existed, right? Mm-hmm. This is a very common fantasy idea. So I was wondering, like, what is the twist here? Because Violet obviously doesn't have, she doesn't hold herself in high esteem. She doesn't think she's going to be a very good dragon writer. And there's either going to be, she's either going to bond with the best dragon that's ever existed, or she's going to bond with the super secret dragon that nobody knew existed. And guess what? She bonds with both. Yes, in, in, a, in a never the, before seen moment, uh, she gets because both. the writer is a coward who's afraid of making choices. Well, no, like, no, no, no. I, I I disagree with that, but but it, it's a weird moment. <laughs> it's setting up for something later. But 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 the thing that it does for the story is, so, so Zayden's. Is that his name, Zayden? Z- Z- yeah, Zayden's. I know, I know. You want it to be Xander because Xander's I a real want, name, I do like want to be Violet Xander. and Rhiannon, and but it's not. It's it's Zayden Ryerson. And oh my Ryerson god, is spelled dumb. the dragon's long name is so I can't even. I'm not even going to try to read this. I mean, like you, yeah. you, you heard it in the in the audiobook, but I'm not even going to try this. His name is Tarn, and Tarn is a right. is a mated pair with Zayden's dragon, Sigale. Mm-hmm. and so now oh, wow. if Violet is killed. Zayden will also die. So Zayden suddenly becomes her bodyguard. And they've had some bonding moments earlier on where it's clear he's he's trying to to make her kind of grow and become better and and Dane just wants to protect her and she's sick of Dane trying to protect her so that when Z- when Dane finally kisses her she's she doesn't want that anymore. She clearly wants Zayden, which we knew all along except I don't know how Violet didn't know that. It was very strange. She's so horny for Zayden all the way through. I want our listeners to know that we're skipping past so much so much other bad plot that we that like there's because early on in the book, she finds Zayden having a secret meeting of all of the children of the of the rebellion, and and they're all colluding together about something, and they say some very incriminating stuff, and she's hiding in a tree, and she's like, they're plotting the destruction of the empire or something, no, or they're no, 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 plotting no. to get me, and it, well, that's just it. It's what? all it's all like they're they're it's fine actually is what's happening. It's all fine. Some people clearly uh, want to take Zayden her out. Knew she was but... there the whole time. Yep. And if he wanted to kill her, he would have just killed her at any point in the story because you can just do that. It, it's a good indication so, he doesn't want her dead because he could have totally killed her then with nobody even knowing, right? I mean, it was it was right. it was kind of ridiculous for her to even keep fearing him. He clearly isn't going to kill exactly. her exactly. Well, they keep telling us the teachers and the students and the dragons all keep telling us that Violet Sorengale is the smartest. She's the smartest girl in her class. She's the smartest kid around. She's more compassionate. She's she's got all of these, but but. In terms of actual knowledge that she has, she's she's an idiot. I think she's written to be. She, there, she there are, is, there are some told, there are some dumb things. I I, I will grant you. It I, is the it is the ultimate version of uh, 
show don't tell where we're being told that she's a genius but we're being shown that she is of average intelligence i would say at best no no because she 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 figures out how to survive there in a a way that like like with the obstacle course and the challenges and stuff like like she does her best but it's clear that that like zayden at least thinks that she has to become a better fighter to survive like it's not enough to she can't trick her way through to the end of this The, the wish fulfillment thing is that the dragon bonds with her for protecting this small dragon uh, mm-hmm. That that she can then improve, like like so she's very frail, but like then everybody starts training her, and she gets better and better and better. We are told that she is the first person in memory that anyone knows of to bond with two dragons simultaneously. This is a unprecedented moment, and the the war college has a thing of like, well. The dragons say it's okay, and we can't tell the dragons no. So even though it seems weird to us, the dragons seem to think it's fine, actually, right? Well, at one point early on, she says, well, like, Zayden and all these guys who whose parents were the rebels, who were marked, they can't... Mm-hmm they can't actually be out to betray the empire because if they were, the dragons would know and the dragons would just kill them. Right. Like, like apparently the dragons are the empire in some way, like that I don't understand. Like the dragons have psychic bonds with each of the riders and the dragons wouldn't bond with somebody who was out to harm anything as far as Violet understands it. And that seems to be consistent throughout the whole thing. Like somehow the dragons are kind of in charge. It's not the humans who are in charge. It's the dragons, right? Very clearly something is going on. Um, But well, but then this is part of, I'm, I know you want to defend this, but the setting doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense why the dragons withhold the secrets that they do, except that they tell Violet almost everything. Like, so at this point, we under- the, the, the society of humans knows almost nothing about uh, feather-tailed dragons, of which, her, of which Violet's smaller dragon is a feather-tail, and she's right. the only person to bond with a feather-tail. They always say feather-tails don't bond, and we find out that Feather tails are actually just baby dragons. They they just grow into larger dragons, and then their tail looks different. They they lose their feathers or whatever, and then they just become a normal adult dragon. Uh, and so normally they don't bond because one, their powers are sort of uh, unstable, and two, because they you know just aren't very strong and they need to get stronger to to get stuff done. But it's, it really doesn't make any sense why the dragons wouldn't just tell humans, like, yeah, that's a baby dragon. Don't worry about it. Well, like, it, it, well it, it, what's weirder is the baby dragons, if you bond with the baby dragon, you get the baby, you get the baby dragon's power. Not like, not whatever your, your signet power is, whatever that's called. Well, but she has two powers. She, but she gets powers from both of them. So she does get a signet power, and her signet power is to call down lightning. Right. Which right. that's way later. Don't get right. me wrong. Calling down lightning is does make a lot of sense in terms of a useful combat power. And everyone's really proud of Violet for being able to call down the lightning. Everyone, and even her dragon, like the dragon who gave her the lightning power, didn't know she was going to get lightning power. And so when it happens, he's like, "Yeah, lightning! I, I like you more than now." Right, uh, and, well, which well, is, wait, wait. I find weird. Remember the weird scene where that kid—they're just—they're just like going for, between classes, academic classes—and the kid starts screaming, and it's clear he's trying to read everybody's minds. He's telling everybody's secrets, and one of the teachers just comes out from the hallway and snaps his neck, <laughs> goes back inside, yeah, the body. Like, right. Well, right, and they give a couple of reasons. One, he couldn't control his power, but also two. It's very obvious because they live in fascist society that having the power to read minds is an intelligence problem that like, oh no, he'll just learn all the military secrets and then right. uh, he's a threat to ever he's a threat to the the conspiracy secret military SS officers, you know. Right. 
this will be bad, obviously. Well, and and so, so so I mean, there's there's like such crazy things here. Like like th- then there's a big attempt on her life. Now she's a bigger target because she has the biggest dragon, the biggest most badass dragon. Right. And the people who didn't bond with the dragon want that dragon, and they're like, well, if I kill her, I'm gonna oh I'm gonna be able to bond with that dragon because that dragon wants somebody. And, and the school doesn't have a problem with this, nope. even though. And I will point out that, that okay, this is extremely contradictory within the text itself. That so. Okay, so there for some reason there are still unbonded dragon riders at the school, even though they didn't get a fucking dragon, and they're still at the school, but they can just murder someone who does have a dragon, and then they maybe have a chance at bonding with that dragon, even though that like that one, that doesn't make any literal sense to me. But two, uh, we know this because Taryn already was bonded with someone, and supposedly when a dragon loses their rider, when that person dies it's extremely traumatic and it could even kill the dragon. Right. Uh, and, and so you would think the school would be strictly opposed to murdering the writers because that is bad for the dragons. And as we all know, we need dragons just in general. Right. 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 But, but, but nobody seems to care. It, it is the weirdest thing. And it would also, it would also take Zayden out and his dragon. If, if like, you know what I mean? If, if she was killed. Right. So, but, but, and we like and and we need Zayden because he's such a good dragon writer. He's so good at what he does. Well, he's incredibly promising. He's the head of all the cadets, right? And he's in his third year, yeah. I think. And like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's yeah. I, I like the complications. There's a web of complications here that's going okay. Um, yeah. But like, well, like, except that they're not, but they're not internally consistent. So no. yeah. So for the second time, we, we so we skipped over earlier in the book. They tried to kill Violet, by which I mean just other students made an attempt on her life outside of the combat ring. I guess that also happened where, so Jack has tried to kill Violet like five times yeah. at this point. Yeah. But, um, so there's another assassination attempt just by a bunch of students who just want her dragon. One of her two dragons. It is kind of hilarious that she gets two dragons and other students don't get any dragons right. because like, how 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 does Zayden how not Zayden how how does Jack die? He dies, right? I don't remember. I can't it's remember either. Long. I can't. I, is he killed by a I dragon? Think, I can't. I can't remember. Oh, um, I think Violet kills him with lightning on the battlefield at some point. Maybe I want to say that's because. Well, I remember she does that, and then she feels so bad about it. She feels <laughs> so bad that she took. That's what happened. She feels so bad that she took the life of jack murder man barlow the most murder man who's ever existed whose entire like who has never once said like if i'm imagining because we only ever see this character interacting with violet we never see him like going to get toast in the morning in the mess hall we never see him have a normal moment every time we see him he's like i'm gonna murder you I'm going to murder the daughter of the five-star general. That's a thing I can do, and no one can stop me. I love murder. Yeah, you, you think, like, well, he's going to be under the general's command later. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, well, right. I mean, so so, so then, then the whole book, like, like, up to the point, I was kind of shocked, up to the point where the black dragon bonds with her. That's only about, yeah. that's only about 40% of the book. I thought it was like 80% this, of the book. It's not. It just keeps going on. This, and like It does. This book is making me into the Joker. This is such a bad book. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, you understand what a terrible book this is. I, I, like, like, then there's like this whole thing where like, will she get her power? Because if she doesn't get her power, she's going to explode, literally explode. People are trying to kill her. Right. It takes her. Well, and when does she get her power? I don't remember. I can't. But it's a big deal that, it, yeah, the power will kill her if it doesn't happen. Well, the Golden Dragon's, the, gold, the golden dragon's power saves her, which let's not even talk about that. That. but the golden dragon's little 
little super secret power saves her. No, it's not. It's not dumb. It's just weird. And then, it's and then, dumb. like, like it becomes clear that like one of the focuses of the book, which has been mentioned a lot of the times, is this little book her dad used to read her, the Fables of Baron, which involves some evil thing called Venom, which aren't really explained until, of course, late, of course, later on they show up, right? I mean, it's, it's well, this is this is in the very beginning of the book because as as her older sister is preparing her to go off to the war college and she's giving her play, she's giving her dragon scale mail and all of these things and telling her tricks. One of the things that happens is she goes like, wait, I don't want to leave without my favorite book of fairy tales. And the older sister goes, oh, you mean the one about the, the wyvern, which are not like dragons and the and they're evil writers who have special different powers. That fairy tale that's just a fairy tale that nobody believes <laughs> you've been reading your whole life that you're obsessed with. Wait, wait a minute, this is going to uh, be important. Well, do- I know it's it is the most telegraphed thing in any book ever. You, you like no, but 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 but, but, but I've got to say most fantasy books are like this. You know what I mean? Most. I dis well. I I agree with you that most fantasy books aren't well written, but this is. This is worse. This is this is the worst one I've read. Well, I I, th- I think I think the thing about this is like is like the, the the thing that bothered me like being a fan of like the Joe Abercrombie books and like um, uh. the, 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 I know you don't like them, but like like the grittier stuff. No, l- l- like like the sense of uh, the sense of violence here was like it was it was it was pretty decent, but it wasn't as gritty as I think it was as it was explained to be right. L- like when the book kind of makes points about how gritty they are, how dangerous this all is. I didn't really feel that. I read it. I didn't feel it. Like um, the wish fulfillment stuff is very, it, it felt very obvious to me, but maybe that's a, maybe that's the romance side a little bit. I, I think this is going to bring people to fantasy a little bit more. I'm kind of excited about that. The weirdest thing for me is when Violet bonds with this giant dragon, she can't even get onto it. You're supposed to be able to ride the dragon. I'm going to stop you there. When you say it's going to bring people to fantasy, you, th- you think that this book is going to recruit people into like reading the Lord of the Rings and a song of ice and fire. No, like, no, what, no, what no. But I, I think, I think it'll, it'll create in some of the people who read it, like who read, who come from the romance side, a, a hunger to read a little bit more fantasy. I think that, well, but fantasy literature is bigger than it's ever been. Like the, who, like, Everyone has already read a fantasy book or watched the Lord of the Rings movies or watched, you know, one of a million shows on HBO or like there's so there's so much fantasy out there. Everyone out there has played a game of D&D at this point. Movies, movies, maybe not books. I I disagree with you on the book side. I I think, yes, I I think this is going to I think I think this is. You have to look at this and go. This is the perfect fantasy novel for some people, and you know, it, like like people are people are loving this book. They're reading it. They're loving it. They they love Violet as a hero. She's smart. She's not like I know. She, 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 well, she's I, okay. She's when I was she's hot. When I was eighteen in high school, everyone I know was all of a sudden dying overnight over these Twilight books. Mm-hmm. And like, and I think uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong about this. I think the people who are dying over those books are the same people dying over this book. That like these people, like I don't think there was an explosion of vampire fiction after that. There was totally just, was. There totally. They all just was. really liked Twilight. No, there was an explosion of vampire fiction after that. Was it good? <laughs> was was there a good book that <laughs> well, came? No, really. Can you think of a good vampire book that came as a result of the success of Twilight? Well, you're not you're not talking to to somebody who loves that kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, Uh I I like the vampire books that were before Twilight. I like Sunshine by Robin McKinley. I liked uh, Vampire's Kiss by what what was, what was her name or the Silver Kiss? I can't remember, you know, these short YA books. I mean, I I think, I think the, what what am I trying to say here about this book? 
Like it's it, the end of the book is so wish fulfillment. I don't even want to talk about it. Like, like you know, because it's just pure porn, or because the 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 wyvern are real and they're evil writers. Which the wyvern are real. The vent the venom are real. Is Zan is Zayden actually betraying the the empire? Is he trying to save it? It's like, oh my god, what's yeah. happening? Like the dragons seem to be in on whatever he's up to. He brings Violet yeah. in because he can't be away from her for three days. I mean, her. It turns out her dead brother was alive the whole time and working <laughs> against the Nazi nation that they live in. What? Well, it's Question very, mark. It's very. It's it's very like, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, I mean, there's there's gonna be a reckoning in book two. And I have to say, I, I probably will. I probably will read book two at some point. You know. Do you um, do you mean that the country in which kids murder each other was legal were bad the whole time? So I'm gonna. So 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 let's go back for a second. So so I I think I think this is not YA romance because the the romantic okay. the romantic things the people in it are concerned with are not the things like socially developmentally the things people are concerned with in the characters are concerned with in YA novels. This is what my friend uh, Sarah, the librarian who I mentioned earlier, was trying to explain mm-hmm. to me, the difference between YA romance and adult romance. Th- these are more adult concerns. They're young adult concerns. They're like they're, they're 20, 20 something concerns. But it's not it's not the concerns of of YA stands for young adult, Gene. Yeah, I, I know. I know. But but but, but it's, it's not the concerns of young adult literature, of the romance of young adult literature, uh-huh. w- which are more like social acceptance, you know, like more figuring out who you are. Um, you know, more trying to stand up for yourself a little bit. There's some of that in here, but 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 it's it's but, but it's different enough. It's a nice crossover. I think young adults are going to read this book too, and they're gonna they're gonna like it. People who like young adult romance, um, and I personally find something more charming about young adult romance um, than I do about a, the adult romance books that I've read. The few, a- and that that continues to be true for me. But I like I I definitely like my fantasy where the romance takes a backseat to whatever magic sword and sorcery stuff is, yeah. is happening, right? So so from that perspective, like, this was not exactly the book for me, but I'm also not sad that I read it. It was a stretch. I enjoyed it. I was, you know, you know, I kind of suspected what was going to happen at the end, like very, very far in advance of it happening. Um, I wasn't far off if I'd have predicted. I, I wouldn't have predicted the lightning power, but I, I, I would have been pretty spot on in a lot of the other things. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah. but enjoyable. Like, if if I had written this, I would be exceedingly proud of it. I wish Rebecca Yaros all the success in the world. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I think this is going to be like like a, a TV show of some kind or a a movie, definitely. And if not, if 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 not, I assume Rebecca Yaros has been paid a, or I hope I hope that she has been paid a ton of money for the rights at the very least. You know, I hope this sure. sets her up for life and she can write anything she wants from now on and just not have to ever worry about anything again. You know, I'll say this. Uh, if you out there, if you are still listening to this in spite of the evils <laughs> that I do, if you if you like this book, uh, go look up the Dragon Writers of Pern, P-E-R-N. <clears throat> it is also about dragons. It is also about people writing dragons with magical powers fighting to save the world. And they do have a fair bit of sex in it. And oh, really? I, I'll okay. say this. I don't I don't like those books, but they are just just better they're just better in every way they're just better written 
you can you can read them at the exact same ages that you think that this is appropriate. You, you know, it's fine. I read them in middle school. They, go ahead, read them whenever. <laughs> well, maybe we should read one of those books. I haven't read. I read one of those books a long time ago, and I don't remember it. Maybe maybe in an upcoming book stand. Yeah. But what is our next book? Remember remember our next book? We agreed on this before. Yeah, before I, I have it. I have it in front of me. This one uh, is unfortunately of my own. <laughs> I, I've plotted my. I've plotted my own destruction. You have indeed. You're reading. Song of the Sorials, S-A-U-R-I-A-L-S, by Kate Novak and Jeff Grubb. The only reason we are reading this book is because uh, Gene took me to one of his favorite bookstores, and I found a copy of it, and I, I, I don't remember where, but... It was, it was, it was at the Tacoma, the Tacoma Book Center, I think, is where I found my copy, but I don't remember where you found yours, yeah. This, this book has a, what I consider to be an infamous book cover of a man holding the world's most insane clarinet and a <laughs> triceratops wizard standing behind him. Uh, like, just go, just look up the cover. Just look up the cover of Song of the Sorials and you'll see exactly why I was captivated. I am struggling mightily to get through this book. Um, oh, as soon as you picked it up, but, I was like, I have to find a copy of that. We have to read that for the Bookstaver podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a lot to say about that, um, but it's still better than... This oh, 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 sting, oh. the sting. Well, I hope I, hope I, I like... Just, I, don't, I don't think you understand, like... I, th- I think you think I'm doing a bit, but, like, no. My, no, no, inner, no, no, no. my inner turmoil, my the, the pain that I feel from reading, the, and, like, it is... I will say this, that, like, so my girlfriend Kaylee, who will be listening to this podcast when it comes out, uh... She listens to the podcast and she describes herself as more of a gene than a willow in terms of liking books. But <laughs> she walked in on me multiple times while I was listening to this audiobook out loud. And she was just like, oh, my God, what? What is happening? Like, why Why is this book so why, – why are these sentences so corny? Why, like, why say, does this gonna, author sound like a teenage – why does she sound 13 years old? I think this works better on the page. I'm just saying. I, like, like, I just – I mean, I I personally don't like audiobooks that much anyway, but but I, I think this is better read at your own pace because you just fly through it. I, I can't imagine having to go through it as slowly as listening to someone else read it to me. If I if I had to read it with my eyeballs, I would fall asleep. That's why I, <laughs> that's why I'm doing it as an audiobook. No, because I I that requires me putting myself like be like go. Go, go run a 5k marathon but also uh here first take a bunch of sertraline take a bunch of horse tranquilizer <laughs> and then go do that well as your as your as your partner in this podcast i want to say i'm so impressed that you finished this book because i knew after about 50 pages i was like willow mm-hmm. is gonna absolutely hate this book i'm gonna enjoy it and willow is gonna <laughs> just absolutely hate this book and and you have yeah. you have not disappointed me <laughs> <laughs> at all I, i'm shocked you this this gets the this gets the award worst book willow has ever read oh wow is oh wow top of the list i've read some bad books folks that on the podcast and off i have read some truly bad books well, i could find worse if we're, if we're trying new... if, if you want me to replace that uh at the top of your list i'm sure i could find worse I, well i but i think the things that you think are bad i i think we evaluate them so differently possibly possibly okay because I mean, we've read books that you didn't like that i thought were great and we've you know, sometimes some we're just extremely finicky in many ways. That's true. That's true. Well, this has been fun. This has been great. Uh, what a great way to come <sighs> yeah, back. Yeah, it's been for... a long time since we've done this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, I have been Gene Ambon. I've been Willow Payne. If you have a book that you would like to read us to read for the podcast, you can email it 
to us a description. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your cat. Give us a picture of your cat. Um, you can send that email to bookstabberpodcast at gmail.com. And maybe we will read it for the podcast, especially if it falls into the year of sword and sorcery, which we still have like four months, five months, <laughs> four left months left, four months left. I'm so excited. <laughs> but uh, until the next episode, I've been Willow Payne. 